Withdrawal with Robohub, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Robohub podcast. Today's episode takes us to London, where artist Patrick Trasset develops and presents a very special kind of art, with theatrical installations that use robots as artists. Trasset's robots draw people using a pen and paper, in a way that's similar to the drawing process for humans. His installations use computational systems that introduce artistic, expressive and obsessive aspects to robots' behaviour. With exhibitions around the world, including in the Victoria and Albert Museum in London, the Pompidou Centre in Paris, and the Museum of Modern and Contemporary Art in Seoul, South Korea, Tresset's robot art installations are fascinating people around the globe. Our interview Audro spoke to Tresset about his background in painting and programming, about how his robot painters work, how he creates an experience for the person being drawn by the robots, about art history with robots, and about his future direction with his robot artists. Hi, welcome to RoboHub Podcast. Uh, hi, Audra, and hi, everybody listening. Would you introduce yourself? Uh, so I'm uh, Patrick Tresset. I'm um, an artist. I'm uh, French, based in London. Uh, and um, I use uh, robotics as a medium in my artistic practice. Would you tell me about the demo you have set up at ICRA? Yeah, so uh, yeah, so it's an art installation. I don't like the term demo because ah, it's, art installation. Yeah, art ah. installation because it's the same thing as I show in a museum. So ah. here I got invited by the the Robot Art Forum, uh, which is uh, tomorrow uh, here. But that's a few years that they are doing it in during the ICRA conferences. Uh, last year they had a book published. Uh, um, And so uh, I got invited to present one of my art installations uh, ah, here, yes. which is uh, I'm, I'm known for robots that uh, draw people uh, from life. And here you have three robots that draw people who sit for, for them. So, mm -hmm. so a person sits in a chair and there are three robots, three robotic arms around that are drawing the person. Yeah, so each uh, robot has got uh, uh, an eye, a pan and tilt eye, it's a camera, a motorized camera, and a planar arm. So it has the minimum necessary to do observational drawing. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are set, so each uh, the arm is bolted on an old uh, vintage school desk uh, mm -hmm. with uh, inkwell and everything. Uh, going back a little bit, would you tell me about your background? My background. So I uh, I was a painter for almost 15 years, and before that, as a kid, I was uh, I had a computer when I was very young, and I studied a bit computing. I made the mistake I studied business computing, and I stopped, and I decided to become a, a painter instead. And then I was a painter for yeah almost 15 years. And I, and I had a kind of, I lost my inspiration for painting or I got stuck. And then I switched to using uh, computers and then eventually robots in my artistic practice. Uh, and so 
And so first I, I started on a, to work on my own with computers, to try to produce drawing with computers. And then when I got stuck, I thought that I needed to have a more rigorous approach. I joined a master program, a master of science program in London, and then started a PhD, which I didn't finish. I, so now I have an MPhil and not a PhD. So I, so I, I kind of first learned computing on my own and then you know, mm-hmm. through a normal research track. And so tell me a bit about this robotic system. How does it work? Um, they work. So, so practically, the person sits, I give the signal to the robot to wake up by twisting its arm, then the eye looks for a face, then reacts to what it sees by doing gestures and then producing a drawing. And the, the way they draw is based on the technique I was using when I was a painter. Uh, so I try for the robot to do drawings that work on the perceptual system as, in the same way as a handmade drawing would work. So, so the uh, a drawing is really the result of the movement of the artist on paper, and it's how we perceive them, and it's why they are interesting when we look at them because they, they, there is a thing of the memory, the drawing being a memory of these actions. And so it works in the same way if you get a robot to do drawings. Gotcha. And how did you, how do you create this effect with robots? Uh, well, uh, so the movement on paper. How do you make a robot do something like that? Uh, so I practically, so first I studied how I, I used to draw, or I, uh, and after how people draw, or people perceive drawing, and how, to, how it works on the perceptual system. And after all that, I started to implement the system. It's fairly easy, actually. The, the system so reacts first to salient lines, uh, which uses uh, things that are called Gabor filters, that are very simple feature detector, uh, detectors. So you do edge, detect- edge detection, essentially, first, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's, uh, so it's salient edge detection instead of at specific orientation. Uh-huh. And there you can do also some selection on the edges. I done a different stage, so it does some edge detection, but the advantage of using Gabor filters is that it reinforces the places where uh, that would uh, attract our attention. They're actually uh, the, the feature detectors that were used a lot before deep learning. And if you look at the first layers of, uh, you know, when uh, you have a RNN, you look at the first layers, they really look very similar to Gabor filters. Um, well, they are just... Uh, simple feature detector, detectors and um, so it does that and uh, so it detects the salient lines and then when it has drawn the salient lines with, uh, it does the shading by doing uh, scribbles and then on some versions there's feedback or there's no feedback used to control the, the level of uh, darkness most of the way in certain areas but the, the thing is that when you look at the drawing it's difficult on a podcast but they are quite rough and blurry in a certain way, they are imprecise, and it's um, and uh, yeah, I don't try to get the robot to do precise drawings. It's it's, it's really uh, I still feel that I do drawings by hand, so it's a research into yes. the drawing practice. But uh, what is interesting is that when you look at the simulated drawing, so uh, without the embodiment with the robotic arm, the the drawings are very precise. And the style of the drawing comes after it comes from the embodiment. 
It comes from the what? The embodiment. So ah, the, the embodiment, the motors, the air. Yeah, yeah, the motors, the frames, the, the thing, and the, it's that that gives the, the style to the drawing. Yes. So we have a robotic arm. The robotic arm is kind of fixed a little bit above the desk. It's a bunch of servo motors connected together. Are they Dynamixels? Yeah, yeah, it's a Dynamixel. Gotcha. And then there's one that at the end has a pen attached to it, and it picks up the pen just a little bit to move it over the piece of paper. And then the eye is um, attached to a... There's a stick that pops up from the desk, and the eye is on a... It's on a rotating... Yeah, it's pan and tilt. Pan and tilt. Also dynamic shots. Ah, is it, it's just a RGB camera. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's a normal uh, webcam. I mean, it's good quality ah, uh, yes. cameras. And then, so just looking at it work a little bit, the pen goes down, it draws a little bit, the eye, the pen until eye is tracking the pencil. And then every now and then it looks up at the person that they're drawing, and then it goes back to looking at the paper and continues to draw. Sometimes it goes down, looks at the paper, looks back up, and then goes back down again to look at it, kind of quickly. Which yeah. is funny, it has the feel of an artist, someone who's sketching it. Yes, that's the point of it. But that's, uh, because I exhibit, I mean, I'm a, so my job as an artist, I, I, I rent my uh, installations in yes. museums and things like that during exhibitions. So, so at the moment, I have uh, five in uh, Vancouver, five in Berlin, three in Paris. Five robots? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, ah. And uh, three in uh, Greece. So I always have robots drawing somewhere in the world. Yes. And so Exciting. that's it. And, and in a certain way, so there, there is, when I, in those installations, there is the, uh, the interest of the person being drawn, but a lot of the things, the spectacle for the person observing the, the, the performance. Ah. Here we don't see it because people have other... Uh, their attention is captured by other things. There's a lot to do at this conference, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so you don't get that. So, so part of the, the actions of the robots are theatrical, are there to make the, the, the installation interesting, to make the robots look more alive and things like that. So there, there is a work of puppetry. And, uh, yes. Can you tell me a bit about the implementation of it? Is it? So you have a finite state machine. Is there some sort of probabilities about transitioning between different states? How do you? Because it seems kind of capricious. In watching yeah, yeah, it, I mean, uh, how do you give it that feel? The thing is that it's driven. It's driven by the drawing process. Ah. So the main aim of the of the of the system is to to reach the final stage of the drawing. So that is is the, is the main line. So and uh, so in some versions, there's some feedback when it does the shading. So then you have the, after all the theatrical uh, actions like the frequency when it's looking up at the person and uh, that that varies just it just it's a bit the same as uh, as when we do a drawing when we do a drawing at the beginning we look a lot at the at the subject and then there's a phase which is the most creative when you look less at the person and filling in details yes and then after you look more when you check towards the end so it's the same kind of frequency that I implemented but that's it's not superficial, it's part of the system, but it's, in a certain way, it's, it's separate from the, from the drawing. Yes. Now, why... Uh, what happens when we look up? When the eye looks at the person, you detect the face, it takes a picture really quick, then you do the image processing yeah. on it. Uh, 
And each time these are informing what the robot should draw on the image. Do you do? You, I, it's just it's curious to take several images of the person because you kind of get them moving and shifting. It's part of the drawing process. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's just uh, it's just that is totally theatrical. So it's it's really because it, it because the installation. Uh-huh. Do you take one photo at the beginning, then use that, or are you taking photos throughout yes, the process? Yes, there's only one picture taken. Ah, so you can move. <laughs> yes, yeah. But the thing is that, okay, the thing is that as an art installation, there is yes. that. It's many, the art is not true. It's, it's like, the interaction. It's like, yeah, yeah, and you go to the theater, you know, you look at a play, it's not the actors yes. are acting something. Same thing with an the art robot. installation. Ah. It doesn't need to be true. I see. Uh, so they, they, and the thing is that... Uh, so, for the, the installation is far more beautiful and makes sense if somebody's sitting there all the time, right? Yes. But then, if they were not looking at you from time it's to time... It's a clever trick, yes. Yeah. It's not a trick. It's, well, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a neat interaction. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's, and the thing is that your experience when you're sitting and being drawn is far more interesting if you think that you're... That they at it. And it doesn't make any difference if it's if it's real or not because no. actually they are looking at you. Yes. And, and even when I do it, so I've done it hundreds of times sitting for the robot, when they raise their eyes, their camera, there's still a moment when I think that something is looking at me. We can't help it. There is this thing, and if you do it, you will notice. And so I play a lot with that and with the audience. So it, I mean, people notice and say, oh, it's funny. And it's funny if you get the eye to raise very fast or slowly, it totally yes. changes the, the character of the robot. Yes, so I play I mean. a lot in, uh, with that. Ah, that's what I was meaning by capricious. Yeah. I would see it look up very quickly sometimes, and sometimes it would take its time. Ah, very interesting. So I play a lot also with the nervousness of the arm, which that impacts the drawing style. But when uh, I, I didn't make it very nervous, the last one there, but normally I make it very, very uh, brusque and erratic. And then people really say, oh, that's a mad artist, blah, blah, blah. It's a mad artist, yes. And then when you look at the drawing, you see the same thing, because you can see the violence of the movement in yes. the drawing. So there is this kind of transfer. Of, uh, ah. And then... So once you do the image processing of the face of the person, then you have all these lines. These are different paths for you to try to plan. The arms kind of, they go and they draw one section and then they draw another section. How did you do this? So there are different things. So first, I also, it's, um, I try to not... Just conceptually, I don't do first all the image processing and then the... Ah. So it's it's because I don't like the principle of no. planning because it becomes like a printer. So it does it yes. it does it layers by layers and then it sends with a cue to the arm. So and so like that, there's always the possibility of using feedback to change things because mm. it's not like an, uh, an industrial robot where you plan everything you send. It. I see. Um, but, so how, uh, how does that decomposition work? I would I assume mean, it's, it's more conceptual difference. I mean, in the program, it's different. So yes. in the um, I, just, I, I would assume it'd be like line length or something, is how you would be layering it. There? I would assume that you would 
do um, in drawing it I would assume it would go from long lines to short lines or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. this but I see it mixing between long lines and yeah, short yeah. lines so it so depends so because so the, when it does the salient line detections it's, uh, so it does it, it reduces first the image it scales down the image to 50 pixels by 80 or something like that yes. and does the line detection so like that you get really the salient lines ah. at the beginning and after it does it at another scale and another scale it depends on well, it depends between two and five scales, ah. so that makes different layers. So I see. Process and one layer, and and so about the line order. So I noticed that the first one there's no clustering, so it does travel to do the different lines. I think it depends. So I have different type of clustering at diff different taste, but if you do. Because it has to look interesting, the thing, when you look at the process. Yes. So now the clustering, I tried with K-min clustering and, and um, min shifts clustering, and it didn't look right. And in the end, what I've done is that I go through the line and I look at the intersections. So I pick up the long lines and I trace, uh, it clusters with intersections. So it does clusters like that. By just, uh, and that looks quite natural in the stoneware. Yes. It's, uh, and also it saves time because when you don't do the clustering it wastes a lot of time traveling between. Ah, it's true. Yes, because one line would be over here and then it travels to the other end and then it goes all the way back. And yeah, yeah, and you save 40% uh, of time. Interesting. Doing Pragmatic and it looks more realistic. Robotics and art. It's, it's a very interesting thing to me. Um, I mean, you mentioned printers a bit earlier and this is kind of going back even further. To, or to something more fundamental. And um, I've watched a few of your videos on your portfolio, on your website, and so a lot of times you're trying to express something more than just the literal interpretation of whatever it is. Yeah, there are always different layers to what I'm doing, but it's, I'm an artist, so I, yes, do, of course. I, I, I do different just, things. I'm just, I'm interested in robotics and art. Like, if you could just comment on... Well, the thing is that it's not new. Uh, the, I'm part of an exhibition at the moment in Paris. It's a big uh, exhibition designed for a very wide audience at the, the Grand Palais in Paris. It's part of the National Museum. So there's 40 uh, artworks, uh, no, 30 artworks, and it's a big uh, historical thing. And there's one of the first... Uh, uh, robot that was used in an art installation by a chauffeur, a French artist, and it's from 1958. Wow. So the first robot, and it's a real robot that uh, reacts to light and things like oh, yes. that. Uh, so with the parts moving, I mean, it's very fragile, so it doesn't work all the time. But from the beginning, artists have been using robots in their work. And if you look before, uh, people who were building automatas are artists, when you look at an automata, and, and automatas, they are robots. I mean, there's no any, difference between an yeah, automata and a robot. I mean, it's part of the same family, right? Yes. Um, so it's, it's not new. Uh, it? After, there's a specificity in my work to use robots to produce artworks. So that's yes. different. Because there are, there's a good number of artists using robots in their artwork. Would you say it's, I mean, using the robots to create art, it's just a medium? Yeah, yeah. It's a, or it's a way of expressing yeah, it is, a, it is a medium. It's a, for me, it's so it's a, not so different than other things? No, it's, I mean, 
it, it has its own specificities because there is this, uh, this semi-autonomy because I don't see, even when you do an autonomous robot, I never see it as autonomous because even if you write behavior and things like that, so the system is behavior, uh, is uh, autonomous, you still have written the software. So, so you still have an influence. It's a bit like if you write a score for, uh, for a concert, you're not there anymore. The concert and the musicians are autonomous, but yet you're still the author of the piece. Mm-hmm. It's a bit the same with the robot, yes. except that there's more improvisation or reaction to reality. And so the, the autonomy in a robot, I think, doesn't really exist yet because we still write the software, so we are still somewhere in the system. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, for art, uh, after for other domains, different, but there's still the autonomy doesn't really exist. So, what would you say uh, for you is the future of? your art with robots uh, well I continue to do different in, uh, installations so uh, I have different projects and I am working on trying to get uh, so I'm working on the next generation the, the one I'm exhibiting in Paris at the moment at the Grand Palais are, are almost at the next generation it's a kind of prototype in terms of software and I'm integrating so the idea is to be able to do uh, uh, robots that are able to develop their own style through practice. Uh, so then, because at the moment they are, they are not individualized, those robots. So the idea would be for the robot to develop its own personal style. And so you, uh, and hopefully, develop different styles, different methods of robots. All right, thank you. My pleasure. And that's all for today. As always, you can find out more about this and all our past episodes on robohop.org forward slash podcast. And in upcoming episodes over the next few months, we'll be bringing you some of the action from this year's International Conference on Intelligent Robots and Systems, IROS. Don't forget you can support what we do at the Robohop podcast by becoming a patron. Our podcast will, of course, always be free for anyone, anywhere. But to be able to continue to bring you the latest from conferences like IROS, we need your support. So if you can spare a few dollars a month, just visit robohub.org forward slash podcast to find out more about becoming a patron. Our next episode will air in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. Draw with Robohub, the podcast for news and views on robotics. <laughs>